Hello everyone, I've got a very exciting guest on today. It's Frank Pullis of Magnus Energy Technologies. Magnus is building electric vehicle batteries in upstate New York, and there's a lot of exciting things going on around this company right now. I speak to Frank, here he is. Hello, Frank, great to have you on. Uh, you are the managing director of Magnus, and I'd really like to thank you for your time today because Magnus is certainly a very exciting company. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you today is, it's on a lot of investors' minds, how's the New York plant tracking? Uh, I noticed you got some permits recently. Yeah, thanks, Lachlan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the, the project is tracking really well. Uh, as you mentioned, we've recently had our um, permits approved for the aquifer and the air permit. Uh, the significance of those permits were uh, without them, uh, one, uh, we couldn't get into uh, production. Uh, but secondly, even on the development side of things, uh, we need those permits. So uh, for those who have been following the stock or you know new to the story as well, we've pretty much been providing updates every three to four weeks on the New York project. Uh, we're at 33% um, complete uh, regarding going towards development. Uh, so we're getting uh, really close uh, there. And uh, we should start to see uh, some, you know, major progress post those permits that were uh, provided uh, recently. Awesome. Well, the plant, for those who aren't uh, completely familiar, is in Endicott in New York. I was wondering, how did you settle on Endicott as a base of operations? And how do you see it sort of fitting, fitting into the overall battery supply chain? So when we look at the partners who are involved and the key individuals, um, both from ourselves and from our partners in C4V, uh, they're based in Upper State New York. So it's sort of in their backyard. Uh, we've got a, uh, there's a facility in Binghamton University with Professor Whittingham, uh, who I'm sure um, the listeners are, are familiar with. Uh, he was awarded with the Nobel Prize for Chemistry and he's the inventor of the lithium-ion battery who sits on the Magnus board. He's based out of that university as well. So our uh, and our technology partners, as in C4V. So it, it's that, um, you know, it's in their backyard. They know uh, the local government um, quite well. Uh, our sort of, you know, as mentioned, our R&D sort of um, pilot type facilities are based sort of next door or very close by as well. So uh, that was sort of the reasoning behind it. Uh, there's... Uh, with the factory that uh, we have in Huron campus, uh, it was perfect for what we were looking at doing. Uh, it also allows us, when we look at sort of power requirements, uh, we've got a lot of hydro um, electric power in, in that region with Niagara Falls being nearby. So there's a cop, uh, like quite a few sort of advantages uh, being in upper state New York, uh, which suits us perfectly. Uh, and, and hence, you know, the reason as to uh, why we're based out of there. Great. All of that makes sense to me now. And um, I guess one of my other questions is it's a bit more specific as well, but I think this is really important for people is the BMLMP batteries. So this is a specific battery chemistry for those who aren't familiar. And I was sort of wondering if you'd tell us the story about how this tech came about and I guess how it has potential to reshape the battery tech landscape, given specific price pressures in the supply chain uh, with regards to nickel and cobalt right now. 
Yeah, great question. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll do justice to answering it because um, the inventor of the technology is Dr. Opredi, who's the uh, president of C4V. Uh, so, you know, and, and being in sort of many meetings with him, you know, over time, obviously over time you pick up things. But in short, the, so the whole thinking around the BMLMP technology uh, is all around, uh, it's sort of like based on bones and the human bone and sort of, um, you know, how uh, we're formed in nature. And in short, uh, that BML um, technology, that biomineralized technology that Shalesh has invented um, sits on top, like, you know, a bit of formwork and it's a structure that goes over the sort of the lithium mixed metal phosphate um, technology. Now, if that biomineralized technology wasn't there, um, the the as far as I'm aware, the cathode would disintegrate quite quickly. So it's that biomineralized technology that allows it, um, that keeps it together, that allow gives it sort of the you know from a safety point of view, gives it great safety, allows it um, as well to have sort of a long cycle life as well. So that um, it's sort of so going answering that question. It's um, based on a hu human bones and the structure that it has, and that's that's what you know. Shalesh was able to emulate with that biomineralized technology that it has. Now, as you brought out, and I think it was a great point, especially um, we're talking about pricing pressures. And I I think I was reading something the other day to say for one of the first times um, last month. You know, um, cost of sales went higher than sort of previous months. And, and we know when you look at a lithium ion battery, roughly about 80% of the cost is raw materials. And we know what's happening with, uh, apart from, you know, nickel and cobalt, you look at things like lithium um, going up. So it, it's, it's, it's an interesting space and being able to sort of with our cathode technology, we're able to rely more on upon sort of bulk commodities, uh, I believe will give us a greater advantage, especially when you're also looking at safety being a major uh, issue these days. I think there's another tick there as well, the longevity of the battery. Uh, so they're all major, um, major uh, advantages that we have. And then secondly, you look at uh, Tesla, for instance, and even CATL, there's a big push around LFP batteries at the moment. And yep. we know that our technology is superior to an LFP battery at the same cost of an LFP battery. So it's something that we believe will derive a greater advantage in the marketplace for our technology. And in the past, we've always had people sort of say, well, you know, when you look at, you know, cell energy, you're not up there with, you know, NCA or NMC, uh, and, and that's what the autos um, are after. But we're looking at now this whole movement towards LFP, which we've got, you know, superior technology from all aspects versus the LFP batteries. So, uh, you know, I think that BMLMP technology is something that's going to be key for us and for the success of our projects going forward. Well, I certainly agree, given the uh, the commodity price pressures that you mentioned before, um, things like nickel and cobalt are just going up and up in price. So I want to zoom out a bit now 
and uh, ask you about the two other prongs to your business, uh, which is in Queensland and Tanzania. How are these tracking? And uh, I know the main focus is the New York plant at the moment, but uh, I, I was guess I guess I was hoping you'd sort of spin out the story for us about why they're so important to your business going forward. So we'll start off with Tanzania and it's sort of that vertical integration part where we have sort of three aspects of the business. Um, one being the natural graphite project, the second being uh, battery technology uh, through our partners in C4V and third being the cell manufacturing. We've got something quite unique with the natural project where we're able to produce an anode grade product using natural graphite without the use of any chemical or thermal purification. So mechanical uses only to get to that 99.95% that's required. Uh, and that would mean from one aspect, it should be the greenest uh, um, project in the marketplace. Uh, and we're working on uh, making sure, you know, the fuel to produce um, or, or the energy, sorry, to produce uh, our graphite um, is, you know, as green as it can get, obviously, you know, being involved in sales on the other aspect, uh, you know, we would be looking at that avenue as well. So uh, one, you've got the cleanest product should be the cheapest product because we bypass this purification step. So it is actually really important. And, and you're seeing with the majors out there, uh, and when I, when I mean by majors, I mean in the seal manufacturing industry, they're all going down the path of, you know, buying lithium mines out or buying, you know, nickel mines out. And, you know, CATL is a perfect example. They've invested in many lithium projects um, recently. Uh, so I think you know, that would be a huge, you know, advantage for us to be out there and owning projects. And I think from the anode, from the anode side, we, we derive a huge advantage with our natural graphite project. At the moment, uh, we're closing in um, to some offtakes uh, and we're talking sort of large um, North American groups who are looking at uh, buying our graphite. And uh, that will be sort of, it's that whole chicken and egg thing where we're trying to get the sales in before raising the funds to get the project. Uh, we, while we're sort of, you know, in November now, uh, we still feel very confident that we will get one of these large offtakes uh, by the end of this year uh, for the Natru project. And uh, that will assist us in getting the funding. Uh, then when we move on to the Townsville project, uh, we're assessing a number of options as to how we can get some kind of manufacturing happening locally uh, with the Townsville project, whether it's initially as a cell assembly plant or later or, or a battery assembly plant, sorry, and then moving on to the cell manufacturing later on. Uh, we've had a number of groups reach out to us uh, in regards to the batteries they're producing locally, where a number of these groups produce uh, the batteries, but um, the only thing they don't do is the cells. And uh, that's something that we're trying to take advantage of. Uh, and seeing that you look at the New York project, well, it's majority Australian owned. Uh, so that's something that's quite key, especially when you look at a lot of these supplies we're speaking to supply you know, the Australian federal government um, with certain products. And uh, and at the moment, the majority are buying their sales off uh, Chinese suppliers. So this is something that's sort of 
uh, becoming more and more important going forward. So we are looking at different options as to um, how we can progress the project um, as quick as possible. Well, I certainly agree with you there that Natu gives you a, a bit of optionality going forward. Um, and I, I'd, I'd also just point out to, to watchers and listeners is that uh, the, 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 the sort of pressure on sort of fixing up the supply chain um, is very important, is, especially given this net zero emissions talk that we're hearing about in the media. So I think there's a lot going for Magnus. Uh, I just want to pivot finally to some sort of, you mentioned uh, offtake agreements, but uh, what are some of the other near-term milestones you're looking for specifically for the New York plant? And uh, and given your sort of early success, uh, how are you aiming to scale the business uh, going forward? Yeah, so, so probably the next key milestone would be our semi-automated production, um, which we also call commercial production. Uh, that is on schedule for this quarter. Um, so there's only eight or nine weeks left in the year. Uh, we plan to be up and running uh, the first sort of uh, thousand or so cells that will be produced as a batch quite um, soon uh, will be used uh, both for marketing and sort of DD purposes. And that would be probably the next key milestone. Regarding uh, other further milestones, uh, funding to scale up. So the, the aim is to grow and uh, increase production capacity exponentially. Uh, we see that happening uh, with a couple of methods. Uh, one, uh, one of those key methods is um, there will be some government funding. We're quietly confident on achieving. So part of the infrastructure plan that was announced by President Biden and was passed through Congress uh, recently, uh, ha roughly had about 17 billion US towards cell manufacturing. And the aim was to increase um, cell manufacturing capacity uh, and, and hence why, uh, and, and that program was for groups who are either in production or literally just about to produce. So we fit perfectly in there. Uh, our, our guys overseas have had a number of meetings with the Department of Energy regarding that program. Now, another thing that our, uh, our guys overseas are also exploring is a potential US listing for IM3 New York. So for the US entity, uh, and they're exploring a SPAC listing there. Um, uh, they're also sort of exploring an IPO, but that's obviously a longer term process. So the SPAC is something that's um, front and center at the moment. Uh, and we, we, we hope to have some news there in the coming months. Uh, and then sort of going further to that on the production side of things, uh, we're looking at our um, automated production starting sort of towards the end of March to um, the end of April. So when we're, we're only a few months from there and then that starts scaling up. If we look at it as, you know, giving sort of the mining anal analogy, it's sort of that ramp up process. So there'll be that continued ramp up, but we'll be at gigawatt scale. It'll be one of the largest plants in the US. Um, and we, we've spoken uh, previously, and I think through your report about the sales we already have in place, uh, where uh, or over 30 parties are qualifying our products right now. Um, and we even have um, some of the large EV uh, makers or automakers 
globally that are qualifying our product as well. So it's a it's an interesting time, and I think um, your uh, listeners will have a flood of news from now until sort of the start of production, and you know, obviously, once that starts, uh, there'll be uh, obviously quite a, uh, a, a gradual news flow coming from that as well. So it's really exciting for the company to be in this position. It's taken us about six years to get to where we've got to. So while people might be seeing all this news flow, there's been a lot of effort in the background to get to the point where we're at, but it's quite exciting um, and very exciting times for the company overall. Well, thank you so much, Frank. That was a really detailed look at Magnus. Uh, I'm very grateful for your time today. And uh, I certainly look forward to seeing what the company has to offer in the, the months and years ahead. Thank you so much, Lachlan. Really appreciate the support. Well, I'm very grateful that Frank gave us his time today. He definitely gave us a very detailed look at what Magnus is up to. And it's certainly exciting for investors to know that there is a fair bit of news flow in the pipeline. So definitely check out Magnus. And thank you for watching.